Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I'm the driving anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. If you would like to contact me, you sure can on any of the contact links in the description of the show. Our listener hotline is 303-832-0217. And if you wouldn't mind, leave a review of some sort on whatever platform you're listening on. And uh, I, I that would help me out, I guess, uh, Well, <laughs> or something. Uh, anyway, that's what people say, so go ahead and do that. It can be said that Tesla builds one of the more advanced cars on the road. One of the super advanced features the car promotes is the ability the car has to drive autonomously. But we have seen the system is far from perfect. There are supposed to be some safety features built into the autonomous driving software, like you're supposed to keep your eyes on the road, But we've seen videos of people sleeping while they're driving and letting the car drive by itself. And does the system actually work the way it's intended? Is it safe for the people that are in the car? And and is it safe for the people who are outside the car to have the car driving in self-driving mode? Dan O'Dowd, a software safety advocate and founder of the Dawn Project, says no. And he has been working for years to expose what he says are potentially fatal issues. To explain what the dangers are with Tesla, with their software, and autonomous driving technology is the CEO of Green Hill Software and the founder of the Dawn Project, Dan O'Dowd. Dan, thanks so much for being here on the world-famous Driving a Crazy podcast. Hello, good to be here. All right, Dan, before we get into specifics about the problem, uh, what it is, and and why you're so passionate about it, let's talk about you for a minute. Uh, You created software, some of which was used in the military and it includes software that was used in the B-1 bomber, right? Yes. Uh, in fact, all of our intercontinental nuclear bombers, B-2s, B-52s as well, fighter jets, all of our mainline fighter jets like F-35 and F-22 and F-16. And any of those fly autonomously? <laughs> no, there's always a pilot there. They do have some autonomous capabilities, but uh, no. And they have, to, they have to look at the sky where they're going, right? <laughs> It's uh, pretty exciting up there. <laughs> so autonomous vehicles, uh, I think it's the dream for a lot of automakers to get autonomous uh, cars on the road. And some big tech companies working on it as well. There's General Motors, a Waymo. They're, they're working on their own versions of self-driving. But the public is probably most familiar with Tesla. And, and I think they're under the impression that their self-driving technology is probably the most advanced because that's what they hear about the most. Let's talk about specifically what the problem is in your view, what is wrong with the Tesla self-driving system? Well, it's it, it's actually the worst piece of software I've ever seen in a safety critical system. It hasn't even they haven't even finished implementing it yet. It doesn't know what a do not enter sign means, so it'll just go the wrong way and uh, on a one way street or uh, into a construction zone that says you know do not enter. It does not see the sign at all. Um, it is it will veer into traffic. It will hit a child in a crosswalk. Um, it, if you have a school bus, the light's flashing and the sign comes out and the kids are getting off the school bus, it'll just blow right by the school bus. In fact, there's a recent example uh, in North Carolina where a kid was getting off the school bus and a Tesla drove right by and it didn't stop with the lights and hit the kid and left him in the hospital for months. Hmm. Um, it, it's The product is not anywhere near close to done. Uh, it depends entirely upon a driver to catch it and stop it from doing terrible things. It likes to t- 
turn into oncoming traffic all the time. You have to grab it. Runs into into um, uh, uh, police vehicles, emergency vehicles that are stopped on the road. You know, stopped in weird places, of course, that it doesn't expect. Well, you're supposed to expect an ambulance or a fire truck or a police car to be parked essentially illegally, and you are supposed to not hit them. Is this problem? just with the software interpreting the data that the cameras and the LIDAR and the other systems are feeding into the software or with the computer processing power to handle all this information or with how the software is written to be able to drive the car by itself? Hard to say. Um, it does. Tesla, unlike all the other companies, does not use LIDAR, does not use radar in their systems. They use that for, for imaging distance. It, the LIDAR system or radar system tells you how far away something is. They use a, a vision system, which can try to infer how far away how far away another car is or people are, but it's, it's, not, it's fallible. They also are using very inexpensive, low-quality cameras on the Tesla models, way, way worse than the cameras that are on uh, the other vehicles. And, and yes, you, you've heard that Tesla's number one. In fact, Elon Musk said recently, they're so far ahead, he can't see second place with a telescope. But the reality is they're in last place. There are 10 companies today that have self-driving cars. I mean, cars with literally no driver in the driver's seat, no remote control. It drives all by itself. There are hundreds of them all over San Francisco. They're in Phoenix. They're moving into Houston and Dallas in the next few months. They're going to Miami and Nashville and a few months after that. Um, these these Cruise and Waymo cars are, are everywhere and they're not the only ones. There's also Zooks, which is an Amazon company and Motional, which is I think owned by Hyundai. There are about 10 companies that build self-driving cars, all of which can actually drive with no driver. A Tesla can't. If you put, if you put nobody in the driver's seat in a Tesla in half an hour, it's gonna crash. So how dangerous compared to the other software, uh, the the software that's in these other vehicles, whether it's by any of those companies that you mentioned, compared to to Tesla, how dangerous is then their software? Is it likely, more likely than any others to be dangerous to the people inside the car or or especially the people outside the car? Well, There are reports. They're required to make government reports now on, on these autonomous vehicles. None, no, none of these autonomous vehicles from, from Waymo or Cruise or any of that company has ever killed anybody. But Tesla, has. there have been 23 uh, deaths, according to NHTSA, the federal agency, um, on self-driving Teslas. And there's at least, we believe there's 38, because NHTSA only cart starts counting in 2021, and they only count... Uh, fatalities in the u.s not in not in the rest of the world so they're there you know everybody else is being very careful here and very cautious and tesla is throws caution to the wind and just says delivers to four hundred thousand people defective self-driving software and says give it a try it's beta it's for testing you know you've got to be alert at all times it might do the worst thing at the wrong time it's not ready. And yet they're selling it to people for billions and billions of dollars. My guest is Dan O'Dowd, founder of the Dawn Project. Uh, we're talking about the dangers of Tesla's self-driving software. Uh, you can follow him at Real Dan O'Dowd on Twitter or whatever we're calling it now, <laughs> X or whatever. Uh, on the website for the Dawn Project, 
Uh, it clearly states that you, Mr. O'Dowd, are, are the world's leading expert in creating software that never fails and can't be hacked. Now, can this beef with Mr. Musk and Tesla be simplified down to say you don't trust their software? And if maybe you put your software that you've put into military aircraft in an autonomous vehicle or into a Tesla, it would be much safer and much more reliable? Not, not at the current moment. That is, the problem is not does not lie in the underlying software. It is in their application software, which they could run it on ours as well as whatever they think are running on Linux now. That wouldn't be any different. Their application level software is what's unfinished and broken. Um, that's it, and 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 completely inferior to all of those other companies. They're not in second place. They're they're not even in tenth place. They don't have a product that competes in the driverless market. Uh, on your Twitter uh, profile, now called X, whatever it is, uh, but on your Twitter profile, which you're quite active, you say, I, I quote, I am running a campaign to make computers safe for humanity and ban Tesla full self-driving. Uh, why ban their self-driving and maybe not help work with Tesla, contact them, contact Mr. Musk and, and say, I I'd like to help you improve your software? I have attempted to contact him over the years. He is, he knows who I am. He knows that I, what I do and he is not interested. Um, they believe that they are super geniuses and they know more than everybody else, including more than Waymo and Cruz when demonstrably today, Waymo and Cruz are years and years ahead as in they've actually got self-driving cars and Tesla does not. Um, and yet they mock them and say things like they can't see them with a the telescope. Uh, it's, it's so ridiculous that, that, one would that, that people would believe it, but they do. Why? Well, partly because of X and a hundred million people, he can just drill right into their brain and tell them something like that they're the leaders when they're not even close. And who's to who is to question that? Well, me. <laughs> I, I'm the voice of questioning those ridiculous assertions that that they're a leader in self-driving cars. Do you think there could be a fix if you were able to contact Elon and, and sit down and have a good, frank discussion with him? Do you think that you'd be able to work out a, a software fix for what is wrong with their Teslas right now? Well, if he, he actually came and asked my opinion, I'd say, okay, you need to call GM and buy Cruz <laughs> or buy GM or license their technology or Google or Waymo or Motional, or Zooks, or there's like five companies in China that are also doing self-driving cars that already have a product. You want to start today? Google's been working on this for 10 years, and so is Tesla. Um, if you start over, if you just, you need to trash what they have, you'd, you'd be five or 10 years at best to get back to parity. So Why basically unfixable at this point. What they've built is, is needs to be thrown away. Um, th they need to start with that they shouldn't start over. That would be a mistake too. They should go to somebody who's already solved the problem and license the technology. That would be easy. They'd have a self-driving car in six months, probably. A any of these uh, companies that you've just mentioned, do you have any financial stake in any of these companies working on self-driving, including Tesla? No. Because uh, I, I, um, well, yeah, go ahead. I, I'm not involved. Now, I, I do sell software to Toyota, to GM, to BMW, but it's lower level software. It doesn't have anything to do with self-driving cars. It isn't software that drives cars. It's software that handles the electronic equipment inside of the car.
Because that's is that what Mobile Eye is all about? Mm, Mobile Eye is uh, building a self-driving system um, of some sort. Um, and again, I, I don't even know what our business with them is. Uh, we we have had some business with them in the past. I don't know if we do now, but in any case, it's again they write the self-driving software. We don't. As 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 we talked about earlier uh, in the designing of the software for when when you were doing that for the military. And you have a lot of literature touting the security of your software. Do you think the issue with with Tesla's uh, is the software design is not able to handle that information, or a software security issue? Is are they because you you keep touting on on the website about being hacked, not not having software that can't be hacked? So is, is this a problem with just Tesla being uh, having software that's just really bad that needs to be scrapped, as you said, or uh, can somebody hack into a, a Tesla through the uh, through the software and 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 control the car remotely? Yes. Well, in fact, just a few months ago, there's a contest uh, called Pwn to Own, where you uh, if you hack something, you get one. So Tesla put up uh, one of their cars, I'm thinking Model Three, and uh, in two minutes. Some guys had hacked it. I'm not saying they figured out how to hack it in two minutes. They figured it out ahead of time. But when they were, you know, somebody put a clock stopwatch down, click, they came in. It took them two minutes to take over control of the car. Um, it, they are easily hacked. They're using off-the-shelf software that has known vulnerabilities in it. Um, it, is not, it is not safe and secure. The threat is not that someone will take over one car, your car. The threat is that it's so easy to hack and they're all on the internet. All the cars are on the internet. You contact all the cars on the internet. You send them malware updates that, that override their software, put in software and just says at some particular time, reprogram them all to uh, UK mode, drive on the left side of the road. Oh, you're now in the UK, flip the switch. And it immediately starts driving the wrong way down a road. Every 2 million Teslas all driving 50, 70 miles an hour, the wrong way down the nearest road they can find be catastrophic and there's nothing to stop that right now their software can be hacked easily publicly demonstrated uh, that that sounds quite frightening my guest is dan o'dowd the founder of the dawn project and also uh ceo or the uh, yeah ceo of green hill software as we're talking about the dangers of teslas and their uh self-driving software uh, are the other automakers in there self-driving systems hackable as easily as the tesla is i don't know um i i haven't tried uh, we haven't made any effort i don't know if anyone else has, has made efforts on those so i just don't know what why are you so passionate about this tesla issue were, were you or someone you know hurt by a tesla no um the issue is that well you mentioned before making computers safe for humanity that's the that's the dawn project's logo um, this product is so terrible. It is so un it is designed so poorly. Um, it is put on the road and given to ordinary consumers when it's completely non-functional, not completely non. It has so many problems, so many terrible problems. This is a real problem. And, and they're getting, and they got $6 billion for it. They're setting a model. They're setting a model for people to develop safety software that people's lives on with, with no care. Okay. 38 people die. So what? Like we don't care. They, they and they're just march ahead. Um, this is the problem. They're setting a model for other people. 
it is a model that's widespread in Silicon Valley, which is fine because when your app fails, maybe you got to reboot your computer. Um, you, 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 nobody dies. You can't use Silicon Valley, you know, move fast and break things technology when you're building a product that people's lives depend on and their families depend on it as well. That's the problem. They've, they've taken this methodology, which works great and has made trillionaire, you know, trillion dollar companies. It's absolutely works for them. But because the consequences of failure are people die, we cannot use that methodology. Part of this mission is to get people so they won't do that, to say you cannot use the, the let's just put it out there, even though we know it doesn't work. And so we can get money so that we can finish developing the product that cannot be allowed in safety critical systems. That's what they're doing. That needs to be stopped. Because you started this process and then you started testing some Teslas to see how they would react in certain situations. And, and you were in the passenger seat during one of these episodes and you were nearly uh, hit head on and, and could have been seriously hurt or killed, right? Many times, um, except the driving driver to, to hit the brakes when it was going to do something suicidal. So how did that, how did that change your perspective, uh, you know, from before to then after that incident? Well, it didn't a lot because that's what I expected <laughs> to have happen. I've seen it on videos that other people have put together. And, you know, at that point, to my point, it might be anecdotal, right? I mean, just because one thing happens once that's bad doesn't mean something is bad. It could just be a one in a million occurrence. That was my issue was, okay, let's try this thoroughly. Let's do this over and over again. Let's see if this is real. That was, that was what I was trying to do. When it turned out to be real, I guess I was, I was, that's what I was expecting. Um, I would, uh, so I really, I didn't change me, but many other people do. People who haven't experienced it, um, it, it, they are shocked the, when they the, say this shouldn't be on the road. Then were you almost hoping that that was going to happen so you could have that experience? Oh, I don't know. I just expected it. it it's what I saw. It, but of course, you don't know that somebody didn't alter the videos. You don't know that somebody didn't uh, do something a thousand times and then one time it failed. Uh, you need to do it consistently and scientifically and document everything and invite everyone. There are people who said our things are fake. I invited Tesla to come and observe our tests. You bring your engineers, measure everything yourselves. We'll use your cars, right? Some people said, oh, we hacked the car or something. No, we'll use Tesla's cars with Tesla's engineers. We'll do the whole thing. We'll demonstrate the whole thing. They haven't been interested in seeing that. What kind of cars, I should just ask, what kind of cars do you drive? Well, I drive a Tesla Roadster, um, 2010, you know, the, the little the little Lotus Elites with the uh, Tesla powertrain in them, which was Tesla's first car. And they're really fun. They're really, really a great car. So much fun. So why do you drive a Tesla when you obviously have uh, enough money to own and drive basically any car ever made from a Model A to a DeLorean to a AMC Pacer, uh, a 1959 Corvette, which I would love to have? Uh, why a Tesla and why not a Mercedes S-Class sedan? Well, Mercedes S-Class is fine, but it's kind of state and stately and all. Um, this will, this will, this car, when it came out, was the, was the fastest zero to 60 time of basically anything on the road. Now, other cars have gotten better recently, but um, the, it's, it's great. It's a little car. It's got great handling and, uh, and it uh, accelerates really fast and it's a convertible and it's red and like, like, I think it's the perfect car. I, I think I, it's the same car that he sent up into space with a spaceman, right? That's right. It's almost identical. 
Yeah. And, and so it, it sounds like you, you, you like the cars, you, you like Tesla's, you just don't like the software that runs their self-driving systems. Exactly. That software is just terrible. The, the cars in general are good. So what if he just decided, Mr. Musk decided just to turn off the self-driving system and not let anybody use it? Would then your uh, would you be able to turn off the website and just <laughs> go home and and say, all right, thanks, good night, everybody? <laughs> no, uh, I wouldn't turn. I would, but I would stop. I would stop talking about Tesla and and full self-driving, and I'd move on to my next subject of some other bad software that's out there that has millions of lives depending on it and and start going after them saying you know you got to fix your software and maybe it'll take a long time but eventually we get people to do it we just we have to make a big enough ruckus to demand this otherwise no one look the regulators don't do anything unless the politicians move the politicians won't move until the public moves until the politicians start wait we keep hearing these bad things and we're getting in trouble and now things are turning against us because we're supporting this no no we want to be on the side of saving lives and and helping people and protecting them. We got to make sure these things are at least tested. They're not even tested. There is no government testing, not even a industry testing. There is no testing methodology. Elon Musk testing methodology is write the software, take it out in the parking lot, drive it around a few times, and then start and then give it to people to drive on the roads. That's it. Everybody else goes through long testing on track on race, you know, race courses, tracks, around and around and around and time and you know, building scenarios to see will it stop if a kid walks across the road they build up these giant you know areas these giant like parking lot areas and they and they they test it to make sure it works before they ship it to people elon musk just puts it in the car and ships it to people it's amazing that you again nobody does that in in cars you you just you redesign some component in a car you test it thoroughly you test it in high temperatures low temperatures rain mists smog, every condition you can think of to see if it still works before you ship it to customers. He just runs around the parking lot and then gives it out to people to drive on the road. That's insane. And yet that's how Silicon Valley works, right? That is what they do. They give you broken software, and, uh, and but it's okay because you say, well, nobody dies when the software doesn't work. Do, do you believe in, in, in your heart, do you really believe that Elon does not care about the people that are riding in or outside of his vehicle? Do you think he is just careless and cavalier with people's lives and just says, it's good enough for now as we'll keep on working on it. And if we don't work on it, we don't work on it. Uh, we're, we're, we're okay. It's not that cynical. What he will tell you is that a million people die every year in auto accidents in the world, which is true. He will then say, well, if we get these self-driving cars to work really well, like 10 times better than people, then, then we'll just have the, the, the computers do the driving and a million lives will be saved every year. Do you see a million lives? I mean, that's not two people. We're going to have casualties along the way to getting to saving a million lives. Inevitably, in any new technology, there are always casualties. There are going to be some casualties to get to this point where we save a million lives a year. That's his justification. C current losses are small compared to the gains, which the pro fault with this argument is that it's not Tesla. They're not the leaders. They're not the ones who are going to save the million lives. It's going to be Cruise or Waymo or AutoX in China or Baidu in China or Zooks or Amazon or one of those other guys. It's not going to be them. 
all the people who've died by self-driving are all in vain and are all just losses for, for no benefit, for, no, for nothing. And that's the difference. So that's what he'll tell you if you ask him. He's going to save a million lives a year because nobody, he can't see second place with his telescope. And now he's justified. Yep. Few people die. That's the way life is when you've got to bring out new technology that's going to save so many lives. My guest is Dan O'Dowd. He's the CEO of Green Hill Software, as well as the founder of the Dawn Project. We're talking about the dangers of Tesla's self-driving mode. You have spent millions of dollars and created dozens of videos. You can see them on your website, Dawn Project. Um, you, you've created commercials when you were running for Senate. You, you were showing what's wrong with Tesla's. I get emails from your folks maybe once or twice a week, every every couple of weeks. Uh, you've even paid for a Super Bowl commercial, which we all know is quite expensive. All of this to what end? What are you hoping to accomplish at the end of the day with, with all of the advertising that you've been doing over the last several months and now years? Well, in the short run, the purpose is to get this product off the road. But the long run is to get all the products that are unsafe that people's lives depend on. Because we've been, over the last 10 years, we've been turning over everything our lives depend on to computers to be in charge of it. And much of that software is terrible. It's not good software. It's, again, slapped together, slapped together, Silicon Valley style, you know, low reliability, get it out the door. We have, we have water treatment plants. Somebody takes over the water treatment plants, they just pour poison into the water or they, or they just let the sewage go through by itself without treating it. Um, if we had power grid, if you bring down the power grid, nothing works. The internet's down, the computers are down, the phones are down, nobody can deliver food. You know, there'd be no trip, there'd be no, uh, you know, trucks leaving Iowa with food, uh, you know, to come to Los Angeles. Because nobody can make a call. Nobody can do anything. Nobody can pay a bill. Um, we can't have the power grid go down. And they're using bad software in significant segments of the power grid. Um, anything that will millions of lives depend on or thousands of lives depend on that's been programmed badly. My goal is to get that all fixed. And right now, they're just making it worse. Absolutely no one is working on the problem of getting it fixed. And, and it me. doesn't sound like anybody's listening because you've been advertising a lot and you've been getting your message out a lot. And it doesn't sound like people in Congress or the general public really cares that much because they're still buying the cars and Congress isn't really doing anything to regulate it. Well, a few days ago, I took my congressman for a ride. He was shocked. <laughs> um, we, that's one of, our new, one of our new things. Give, we give journalists... And politicians, a free ride uh, on, on this product. And they come out basically stunned. Like, uh, how could this be on the road? Because Elon Musk has a megaphone and he says it's the most awesome software in the world. It's a better driver than a human on average. And it will be way better by the end of the year. And everybody will have this. And there'll be millions of people out there self-driving next year. He says that all the time. And people hear that. I've just got to get to the right people. He has a 10 times bigger megaphone than me, but I keep putting it. Well, at least you're getting two, two messages a week. Maybe I can get that up to 10. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm working on. I just have to get to people because it's so egregious, but it's really hard when you're up against a guy who's got 100 million people that he can just poke something in their brain anytime he wants. And there's no other, you know, there's no journalist in the way. There's no... 
There's no anybody in the way. He just goes direct from his fingertips to your brain to 100 million brains. That's how he does it. That's why he bought Twitter, so that he can do that. And that's a powerful tool, very powerful. It's more powerful than the New York Times, who has a 100 times smaller readership than he has. You have been doing tests, as as you just mentioned, uh, with, with the Tesla, and you've been giving these rides now to uh, your congressman on public roads. Is that a safe idea, creating your own test scenarios on public roads? Well, we we know what we're doing. I mean, we are professional engineers, and we do testing as you know as part of things we've always done. We always have a safety driver. We always have people up you know up the road watching to see if anybody's coming. If we do it just on a test track, people say it's just a it's just a setup thing. It's just a test track. It's not a real it's not a real uh, road. So we we do a school bus test. We get it. We rent a real school bus with a real school bus driver from a school bus company, <laughs> and we put it on the side of the road, and then we drive past it and see what it'll do, and it'll just drive right past it. There's no kids in the bus. We got somebody watching to make sure there's no other people around. Then we drive we drive past the bus. Um, you know, we do all these we do all these experiments to show how it works on a real road. Uh, the AAA Auto Club every year they do their uh, automated vehicle survey, and this year it showed while there's still a pretty high level of interest in autonomous features, uh, the attitude is still very apprehensive. Where people still want to be able to have control of their car, and they aren't quite sure they're ready for the car to drive by itself do you think that your message might be getting out a little bit what do you think it will take for passengers to be more comfortable with a car driving the car well i think it needs to be shown that it it really is safe over very long distances and that's pretty easy to find out i mean all these cars are just littered with cameras they get you know 10 cameras right you know on the on the car so we have a full record of what happens when they crash you know, you have a record of exactly what happened. Like, did the other driver do something stupid? Did it do something stupid? Did a sinkhole just open in the road, which was really nobody's fault? And all it, you can even you can evaluate each failure very care- carefully and see how it works. We sim- we need to get these things so that they can anticipate more things. There are simply more unusual things in the world that it comes across, and if it doesn't know what to do, that's a problem. So it we can get to a point where they've been tested enough. Uh, in limited areas to where we could start expanding it to other places, keep the cameras on, keep watching everything. Every time something goes wrong, you do it. That's what the responsible people like Cruz and Waymo do. And they make it better and better to where they go year, a year without running into anything. And you're a software expert. And, and I imagine you've seen the movie. It was many years ago called I robot with Will Smith. And, yep. and there was a robot that, that had to, at one point of the movie, had to calculate the survivability of two people after a crash, Will Smith or, or this little girl. Is the software that's being used in any of these self-driving uh, cars, vehicles, whatever, whether it's a Tesla or was the General Motors or Waymo or for any of them, are those computers, is that software going to have to be able to choose the scenario let's say there's a school bus full of kids and a single driver that are skidding towards each other in a collision. Is, is that's going to be able to be programmed and, and for the computers to decide who lives and who dies? When we get to the point where most or almost all the cars on the road are self-driving, then we have to answer that question. Right now, they do a pretty simple calculation. Um, but because it's basically, oh, 
something bad's about to happen, basically hit the brakes. The question is, if you start asking about how could I actively avoid something, that is by swerving around it, but you always have to worry. If you swerve, what if there's somebody there? That's a big problem. Um, so there will come a point where we have to make those decisions. And that is an interesting question as to who should make those decisions. Um, I actually, my, my personal opinion on that subject is we need to get together some lawyers, some politicians, some engineers, and some priests, you know, and then wrap <laughs> because these are moral questions and yeah. technical. They're not just one or the other. We need to, we need to make that decision. Do we do one versus two? Two lives are lost here. One layer, we should take the one and not the two. You know, I believe that's a difficult question, and I believe the only way to answer it is basically politically. Somebody's got to make a decision as to do we value a child more than an adult? What, what, do we, what do we do? I think that it is a very tough problem. I think it's going to have to be worked out. Eventually, it will be worked out because the decisions will have to be made. And on that vein, then you have to decide who is responsible in case of a collision where you have two autonomous cars that have collided. In, in theory, you would be able to have two autonomous cars, really, if you had a whole full uh, roads full of autonomous cars. You don't need traffic lights, I except for somebody maybe crossing a street, uh, a pedestrian crossing the street. Uh, you, you could have cars going in all kinds of different directions all at the same time because, in theory, they're talking to each other. They're talking to the road network. They're talking to the traffic signal. So they can, or, or even if they're on the highway, they could be 10 feet apart from each other going 100 miles an hour because if, they, if you take the human element out of it, then you can put more cars on the freeways and, and drive safely because the, the human factor has been removed. Do do, but there but there are a big issues like you say with who is responsible if 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 something goes wrong is it the software company is it the auto manufacturer is it the uh, road uh, system is it uh, the you know there are a thousand different entities involved in all these different parts so if one car breaks down so then is it the manufacturer's issue so so how do we get around all of those issues when it comes to eventually getting to full autonomous technology. Well, everybody will have to take responsibility for their part. That is, the, the software company has to be responsible if it fails and uh, you know, causes a, a problem. The car company, if the car fails, if the road is bad, you know, not, not up to standard in some way, then it could be the road company. But, but the key, when, it's, when they are truly autonomous, the driver and passengers are victims, not, not the cause of a problem. They're, they, they, they could be harmed and they could sue the the uh, the car company for building a bad car that cost them uh, a lot you know their lives or or injury, um, but so but then the companies will have to work this out probably in the end the insurance companies will figure something out they'll you know they'll come up with a method for for attributing the the cost and blames and have insurance adjusters on each of these accidents like they do now okay we think it was this guy's fault most of the people accept it when they do that. Um, some people decide to fight and they say that's not fair and they might decide to fight, but big companies aren't going to fight over every single accident. Uh, it's, not, it's not worth their trouble. Right now, the problem with all these things is it's the responsible. Well, no, that's not right. For, for Waymo and Cruise, they're responsible. If they crash into something, they're getting sued. I mean, there's no driver to sue. Um, but Tesla right now, no matter what goes wrong, the driver gets, if, if the car kills somebody, the driver goes to jail. 
if the car smashes into, you know, and destroys somebody's car, they have to pay for the, the loss. It's their responsibility right now, which is not right, in my opinion, with the, with the Tesla level of self-driving car. Uh, Tesla should be responsible at this point, but they're not. But then it's the driver who has engaged that self-driving mode and maybe shouldn't knowing what you have told everybody about this. Yes, except that, as we said, Elon Musk has 10 times bigger, 100 times bigger megaphone, and he tells them it's safer than a human driver. Tesla says this all the time. It's simply wrong. It's not true. It's absolutely not true. And they, But they keep blasting it you know, over and over and over again. That's why people think it's true, because they hear Tesla say it, and they hear almost nobody say the opposite. I mean me and <laughs> maybe yeah. a few people here and there but not with any coordinated voice so so in that world of full autonomy where where the cars are all driving themselves who who is buying the insurance who who's who, the insurance company is getting a check from whom <laughs> from the car company i guess i mean i, I think that's who it has to be you, you're an insurance company for tesla and tesla you know wrecks a car the insurance company pays off one of the major obstacles, as I'm speaking with Dan O'Dowd, the CEO of Green Hill Software and the founder of the Dawn Project, and we're talking about the dangers of Teslas and their self-driving software, one of the major obstacles for any self-driving vehicle has to be the difference between a human driver and then teaching of the software how to be human. In other words, I could be going 60 down the freeway, and, and today was a good example. I'm, I'm driving down the freeway, and there was a little piece of paper that spun up and went across my windshield. Uh, I can, in an instant, understand that it's a piece of paper, not going to ha- harm the car at all, and I should just roll, keep on rolling. But a computer has to be taught that. But, but how do you teach a computer how to deal with every scenario, whether you have a large chunk of a, a truck tire on the road? I, I, I know what to do. and it is, When it's in my lane, I know how to get, a, get around it. I, I can, I, I'm aware of what's around me, so I could swerve around it pretty easily. Um, but a computer has to learn how to, how to do that or be taught how to do that. Um, m- many times, the best course of action, if there's an animal on the road, is actually to hit the animal, but a computer doesn't necessarily know that. Um, does a computer, uh, how are we going to get over all of those challenges to teach computers in self-driving all of these different scenarios that humans know innately? Well, I'm not sure they know it innately. Um, they probably have to learn it too. Um, I think, well, that's why it's not an easy thing, right? That what people call edge cases, unusual scenarios, but a piece of paper flying is not unusual because I'd say two or three weeks ago, I, it was a plastic bag, but, you know, I yeah. saw it in front of the car in front of me. You can tell by the way it moves, right? It's not a heavy object. It falls to the ground. Instead, it floats around and bumps around in the wind. You say, oh, okay, that thing can't possibly be that heavy and that much damage because it's kind of floating around. Um, you see something on the road ahead. Uh, you know, do you, do you stop? Is it, you know, if it's a bird, the answer is no, because they always get away, right? And they're designed for that. <laughs> they can fly as soon as they see you come, you know, they see you as a tiger or something, I don't know, running after them and they fly away. But a cat or a dog, they're not as fleet as a bird. Um, but then again, you have to ask, if I slam my brakes on to save that cat, will I get rear-ended by the guy behind me who's been, who's been tailgating me? Now, technically... You know, in the law, that guy's going to be responsible because he hit you from behind. But that doesn't mean your car isn't wrecked. 
that doesn't mean you couldn't, you know, suffer injuries, you know, whiplash and who knows what else from that, from that collision. Uh, you don't, you don't want to be there and that needs to be taken into consideration. Um, but, and it's, you, you know, that's what takes time. You got all those cameras. Remember when one of those accidents occurs, somebody should look at it. Somebody needs to look at it. Why did we not respond appropriately uh, in that, in that case, when, when a car company sees that example, what it, you know, why did it panic? I have another one, which I think is kind of funny. Um, you know, you, you've got tumbleweeds All right, right. in certain parts. Of the tumbleweed looks like a four, six foot sphere <laughs> right in front of you. If that thing's made of metal, you are going to be finished. But, but it's a tumbleweed and yeah. it's just going to bounce. I think you need to write software for tumbleweeds. I mean, literally, it's just a phenomenon. It's real. It happens. Some engineers got a job. Your job for the next six months or a year is to detect tumbleweeds and decide what to do about them. And you could write it on your resume. I did the tumbleweed detection for, for Google um, and a and hundred other things, all those things that can happen. Stuff falls off the back of trucks, right? You know, a cinder block is off the back of a truck. You better be able to tell that that's a cinder block because if you drive over it, it'll rip the bottom out of your car. And with an electric car, that's going to rip open the batteries and it's going to catch on fire. And then the electrical system will fail the boards, the doors won't open and there'll be a raging inferno as you struggle to try to find the latch to get out. Yeah. So don't run over any cinder blocks uh, in the, in the road. That's a really bad, really bad thing. So you've got to be able to see that and determine that that thing is dangerous and you either better slam on the brakes or swerve around it. Uh, or somebody's moving across country and they have a giant teddy bear in the backs of their uh, pickup truck. It falls out of the truck. Does the computer know that it's not a real bear? I could tell that it's not a real bear and I would just drive past it. But the computer might think it's an a it's a person, it's an animal, and then slam on the brakes. And, 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 you, and all of these scenarios, uh, re really almost infinite numbers of scenarios, uh, are, it seems like it would be... It's so time-consuming and, and almost impossible to, to feed computers uh, all these different scenarios for future full-on autonomous driving. But remember, people say that, but, but remember, Google is a trillion-dollar company. They've got hundreds of thousands of employees, hundreds of thousands of people to work on these problems. They can put 10,000 people on a job, right? They have the resource to do that. So does Tesla. Um, GM, all these are big, big companies that can throw thousands and thousands of engineers at the problem. You're in charge of tumbleweeds. You're in charge of cats. You're in charge of, 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 of uh, uh, cinder blocks thrown off the back of trucks. You're the charge of teddy bears and other plush animals falling off the back of trucks and getting on the road. You just assign more engineers yeah. to, to solve each of these problems one at a time as they arise. Well, if you, you try to think of as many as you can ahead of time, but you'll forget some. Some things will, will go wrong and you've got cameras everywhere. So you look at that and say, we better teach it about this scenario that's, that had just occurred. Yeah. And now it has one less problem and one more thing it does right. My guest is Dan O'Dowd, the CEO of Green Hills uh, uh, Software, as well as the founder of the Dawn Project. And do you see a day where there will be a majority of vehicles on the road, will be self-driving? Uh, do you see a world of fewer people owning their own cars and using self-driving robo-taxis? Or are we going to get to a point where there's going to be a mix between the two? And if you do, then you have the dangers of a human driver versus an autom uh, a computer driver. 
all in the same roads together. Uh, wh- where do you see us going in the next five years, 15, 25 years? Uh, I do believe we will get to uh, a point where we have uh, robotaxis and, and self-driving cars basically doing most of the driving. Um, and then probably eventually all the driving, but that could be like 50 years from now. I mean, partially just because old people are going to not want to do it. Right? They're just going to say, no, we're going to vote against it. Politicians say, mm, old people, 10% of my, uh, I can't afford to piss them <laughs> off. So I'm not going to do it. But there is a transition, which is, I believe, very, very workable. The interaction between humans and computers is not good at the moment. When you wave somebody by and wave them forward, the computer can't see that. It's got to be taught how to see human hand signals of somebody saying, you know, come this way or go to that side or something like that. It's got to recognize that before it can be really autonomous. Um, but what I believe will happen is, especially on the freeways, they'll designate what's now a diamond lane or a shared lane. They'll designate the that as the lane for um, dedicated self-drive or dedicated self-driving. That can be those cars going 100 miles an hour, just a few feet apart, like in NASCAR. And they all communicate with each other. One guy says, I'm going to slow down. He tells the guys behind it to slow down. I need to, I want to get out of here and get back and so I can get off the freeway or somebody wants to merge in, just negotiates with the cars nearby and they open up a space and, and they slot in. Um, that would be huge. You'd end, you'd end the traffic jams in Los Angeles overnight if you could, if you could do that. Um, so we'll, what we'll do is we'll dedicate some of the lanes to computer driving and others which will be human plus, computer, plus computers, but then eventually that will shrink down until you perhaps have one road left for the really old people who just won't give up their car and the others will all be self-driving. And maybe at some point the old people will just say, well, this is so much better. Why, why am I fighting this? Um, and then we finally make that transition. That might be 20, 30 years down the road, but I, I'm pretty sure we're going to get there um, because Remember the argument, a million people die every year on those on the road and they won't have to. It'll be way less than that, way, way less. Because you being out there in Silicon Valley in California, you're always going to have that uh, old hippie who's driving their 77 microbus uh, right down, <laughs> down to the beach to go surfing. Right. There, there will be a transition. <laughs> people want to drive. I don't want to give up my roadster. I mean, I really don't want to do that. I think it's so much fun to drive it. But there will come a day, probably after I'm gone, where people just say, this is ridiculous. We'll just make it all, we'll make it all electronic and no, no people involved in, in the process. Uh, well, uh, Mr. O'Dowd, I really appreciate your time. If people wanted more information about what uh, you are doing and maybe want to get involved in what you're doing, how can they do that? Well, the dawnproject.com is our website. We have a lot of information there um, about, about what we do and, and all of our experiments to, to see Tesla. And uh, we're looking, people want to help out. I mean, learn the information, talk to people, just tell them this, this, not, this technology is not ready. Tesla technology is not ready. And in general, that be aware that we are building systems today that people's lives depend on which has been cobbled together out of software that's easy to hack. And that also has, we have to deal with that problem. That's the, that's the larger problem. Dan O'Dowd, CEO of Green Hill Software and the founder of the Dawn Project. Again, you can get the link to the uh, Dawn Project in the description of the show. Thanks again for being here. And I appreciate all your time. All right. Great. Thanks for having me.
Again, I have a link to the Dawn Project, which has the videos we talked about, so you can see for yourself if you so desire. I, I did send an email to Tesla saying that I interviewed Dan O'Dowd from the Dawn Project, and then I wanted to offer the same time for a representative from Tesla to respond to his negative comments about Tesla's self-driving software. And I've heard that Tesla does not typically answer the media. And of this recording, I have not heard a response to my request for an interview, nor have I been provided a comment uh, from Tesla or from Elon Musk about Dan or a, an, an offer to accept my invitation to come here to uh, to do an interview. I, I did I did not tweet or X Elon, however you call it now. Uh, I didn't feel like that was the appropriate uh, way to do uh, to ask for an interview or comment, so I stuck with the official channels. Uh, even so, in the back of my mind, I was thinking I, I might just win the Elon Golden ticket and get an interview. I mean, he's he, he's unpredictable, right? You you never know what he's going to respond to, when and why. Uh, I, I doubt he sees emails that come into the Tesla press office, but hey, there's always a chance you never know. Um, and, and I'm going to hold out hope that he will respond to me eventually, or, or the press office will respond to me eventually. And, and if he does, and, and if they do, that then, hey, they're always welcome to be here on the show, and I'll, I'll let you know what happens. But I, I guess I, maybe I shouldn't hold my breath. But, hey, it would, it would be pretty cool. Um, I mean, yeah, who, who, who wouldn't want that opportunity, right? Well, anyway, thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening. And until next time, I'm Jason Looper, the Traffic Guy. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring. Thank you.